Everybody and welcome to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. I'm Dylan, as always. And, and welcome to episode 99. We are one away from making it to 100 episodes. Who the fuck knows what we're going to do next time? I certainly don't yet. <laughs> but we'll figure uh, it out. Yeah, we got two weeks to plan. Uh, I, I want to go back to the writer's room, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we I, get I there. I like the idea of, of heading back there. It's been a minute since we did a writer's room episode. Yeah. But that's neither um, here nor there. Hey, Dylan, what are we doing today? We're taking it back to baby drama. Um, we're going to look at an exchange, a scene from one of my favorite games of all time, Vagrant Story. Um, there's a scene between two characters, and we're going to read it for you. Um, neither of us has like really rehearsed this. Um, I just picked a scene that I thought was pretty good and pretty short, and we're going to riff on it. Um yeah. And I was going to be Chris, sort of oh so go keep oh going. yeah I, I was telling Chris this before uh, before we started recording but I guess my goal here is to you know we we talk about acting so much this is going to be kind of less us talking with you the audience and more us kind of talking to each other and riffing and um, having a discussion and kind of planning this scene out kind of like what we did in our acting classes in college yeah doing a bit of of workshopping breaking things down finding. Finding and mining out the information that is useful to us as actors and seeing what we can figure out. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, Dylan, what, give, it, give me the, before we, before we dive in and start reading, give me the context for this scene. What is, this is from Vagrant okay. Story. So yeah, this What's, is from Vagrant Story. This is the, um, the, the two characters here are, are two of the quote-unquote villains. Um, as the story goes on, you learn that they're really not that bad. Um, and that another party is the the true villain of the game. But um, these are two of the, uh, what we are initially led to believe are the villains. And they are a cult leader and his uh, basically second in command. And um, <clears throat> in the story, they have attacked the, uh, Duke's manor and have kidnapped the Duke's uh, son, his only son. Um, and they are trying to... The official story is that they are trying to um, gain expanded rights for their cult, but there's more beneath the surface, as there usually is in stories like these. Um, but they are being pursued by a sole agent from the government, uh, the parliament's own order of knights uh, that they send for various missions. And then they are also being pursued by the um, cardinal's men. And so it's kind of a three-way war between this cult, the cardinal's men, and the government. And the uh, two characters in the scene, Harden and Sydney, Harden being the follower and Sydney being the cult leader, um, they are trying to uh, retain control as the uh, Cardinals men have gotten stronger and more powerful and are slowly starting to master magic. So I, is there anything else you would like to know, Chris? Um, I feel uh, like... I think- I think that'll do for now. Let's go ahead and, and dive in. We'll do a quick reading, and then we'll start doing the uh, the breakdown. Yeah. Are we doing a flat read, or do you want to uh, put, like, a like just kind of wing it? I'm just going to wing it, and, and I don't know this game very well. I don't know these characters. I'm just going to make some choices that seem right in this mm-hmm. cold read. Uh, are, do you want to read for Harden or Sydney? Um, I personally would like to read for Sydney, but that's All neither right. here nor there. 
You do Sydney, I'll do Harden. Okay. Here we go. Time to act. (laughs) (laughs) They are formed into three groups. They are wounded and increasingly wary of being split apart. They seem less focused than our visitors last night. The soldiers last night were trained elites. These latecomers are mere sellswords. Guildenstern doubtlessly wished to catch us in the Greylands, yet we proved too cunning a quarry. It is a hollow victory. Our losses are greater than the blades, and they have cut our puppet's strings and turned them against us. They will soon hold the surface. We are lost. We have sacrificed much. Yet it need not be in vain, need it, Harden? How can they control our servants? How? Not all of them can. Only a few. Yet we are the masters, are we not? Have we been betrayed by one of our own? I think not. The Cardinal has prepared long for this. Twenty years watching. Waiting. Think. They struck us just as we were moving on the Duke. They knew our plans, Sidney. Temper, Harden. You must learn control. We are lost, Sidney. Lost. We must leave now or we'll be warming our toes in hell. I said control yourself. I am telling you all is well. Trust me, Harden, all is well. We are friends, you and I. Is that not so, Harden? Give me your trust, friend. Yes. Friends. Take the Inquisitor with you and go ahead. Oh, and don't be too rough. What will you do? Just going to pay a visit on Guildenstern. Worry not, friend. Use sigils to lock all you can. It will cost our guests valuable time to unbind them. Sidney, if we are friends, do not compel me so. Never again, Sidney. Okay. It's a cool little scene. Yeah. So what is... Do we know much of these... I guess... Hey, Dylan. Yes. It's time for us to discuss one of the first things you have to, you have to talk about when you're breaking down a scene, which is the given circumstances. Who are these two characters and what is their relationship to each other? Okay. Absolutely. So Sidney is the leader of the Mullenkamp cult. He is, uh, he's, he's basically a sorcerer he, um, in a world that magic is not a common thing. Um, so he's, he's known as this miracle worker, this person of charity, but he's you know, also a cult leader, so a lot of uh, more government official type people kind of give him the side eye. He is actually... It, it, like the rights of his cult are defended by the duke that um he attacked uh the other night and so that's one of the big mysteries of the game however spoilers for the vagrant story i apologize um the twist is that uh the attack on the duke's manor was preordained that was something that was planned and the duke had a very convenient vacation um to a like very convenient holiday to a summer home or whatever uh when the attack took place and the purpose of the attack was that, uh, to, not to get too, too far into it, um, Sidney is actually secretly the Duke's eldest son, um, and he was uh, staging something to find a suitable, um, a suitable person to replace uh, being the, the, the duty of cult leader. Um, Hardin does not know this. All that Hardin knows is that they were attacking the uh, Duke's manor and holding his son ransom so that they can have expanded rights. And the plan seems to be falling apart because they're being pursued relentlessly by the main character, Ashley Riot, as well as the Cardinal's men. And there's this increasing feeling of them being cornered. 
Um, and two more things that I should have mentioned earlier, so I apologize for that, Chris. Um, Harden also has a limited use of magic. That first line where he's saying they have formed into uh, three groups, he is actually scrying right now. Oh, okay. Uh, which I should have mentioned, but it slipped my mind. No, that's um, cool. That's good. And then uh, the other thing is that during this scene, they are there is a third person here who is uh, Callow Merlos. She is a spy sent by, like, she's working with the main character, Ashley Riot. Um, and she's just kind of a third party, and she's witnessing basically the two leaders of this cult at each other's throats right now. Um, is she the Inquisitor that's mentioned in that line? Inquisitor, Take the Inquisitor yes. with you and go ahead? Yes. Okay, cool. And so, Harden and Sydney are co-leaders. Is What is the, the hierarchy like between them? This is another of those... To, to turn this conversation between us outward to the audience again, uh, that's looking at character relationships, power dynamics, things like that are always very helpful when right. you're breaking down the scene because that has big impact on, on the ways that people interact with each other. Yes. So Sydney is the leader. Uh, Harden is the follower. Um, I forgot to get, go into Harden's given circumstances. Uh, I think... And it's been a while since I played the game, but Harden lost a younger brother to famine, um, or the gross negligence of the nobility. I can't remember exactly why he lost his brother, but it's somewhere. Probably both, lines. given the way that a lot of <laughs> society works. Right. Absolutely. Um, but um, in Sydney's cult, he found um a feeling of acceptance, a feeling of being able to move on from his brother's death, and he trusts Sydney as if he were his own family, um, because Sydney has that kind of charisma. And so something that, uh, the, the location that, uh, the game takes place is like kind of a Silent Hill-esque entity where like, it's just spooky, goopy shit happens all over the place. And so, uh, the Inquisitor, she actually gains, um, her own magic ability to see into people's minds and she learns um, she's able to read into Harden's soul and learns that Harden has a lot of trust issues where he's like he's grappling with the idea that Sydney might not be as forthcoming with him as Harden initially believed he would be. Yeah, that's that's kind of the vibe I got from this. Mm -hmm. Like looking at this copy and it, this transcription is this transcribed from the the in-game text? This is yes. Yeah. Um, something I should add is. Uh, because I, I really should have done more than copy a game script. But, um, let's see. When he says, I said control yourself, Sydney gets in real close to Harden, and there's a sound effect to imply that he is basically Jedi mind-tricking him. Okay. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking at this, this script, and one of the things I like to look at, especially with scripts for voiceover, is punctuation. Yes. Punctuation's big. And there's a lot of ellipses in this script. Yes, uh, Square uh, in the late 90s loved their ellipses. <laughs> they loved their ellipses, and I think that it's interesting to look at where they choose to place them. Uh, when, you're, when you're breaking down a script and you're coming up with a, with a read, especially if you're doing it in a vacuum, like if we were preparing this for an audition or something, mm -hmm. uh, I would be looking at those ellipses as... Points where something has changed in my tactic. Mm -hmm. um, 
so looking at the line, Sydney has this line, we have sacrificed much, yet it need not be in, or it's, we have sacrificed much, ellipses, yes, it, yet it need not be in vain, need it, harden. Right. And I think that that ellipse, like that ellipsis in particular jumps out at me, because it's, you know, Harden's yes. having this big freak out, and so that, that first half of that line, we have sacrificed much, one way of doing that might be to like, you know, try to bring him down, try to commiserate, try to sympathize. There's all kinds of different choices you right. can make, but that that feels to me like a moment of like, you're right, shit's rough. Yes. Ellipsis, yet it need not be in vain, need it. That's the turnaround. That's like, okay, you are correct. I am meeting you where you are, mm-hmm. and now you're going to come to where I am. Right. Uh, and then there's another one. The one that I love is uh, Sydney has that line. Uh, I am telling you all as well. Trust me, Harden. All is well. we'll I'm going to come back to that moment too because that's <laughs> another thing that I, I'm thinking about. Uh, but we are friends, you and I. Is that not so, Harden? Give me your trust, friend. And Harden says, "Yes." Ellipsis. Ellipsis. Friends. That double ellipsis mm. tells me that there is a lot going on in that line. Yes. And what? Okay. So one of the things that I am a big fan of, and that drives me crazy when i because like this is something you see even in like tv and film that are that is being made is there's this tendency of like acting like doing like physical and emote and 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 emotional and face acting and then doing a line whereas yes. in the case like so i could see you know a the obvious and easy read of this if it was a if it was an audition for stage as you would say Yes, and then you might like look down and like clench your fist and then look back up and say, Friends. Mm-hmm. When you're doing it like we're doing, you can't see me. So if I do all of that in my that vocal means booth, nothing. that's nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. and it, it's, it's also nothing if you like, I hate that kind of acting. It feels very like no shade to actors who are in soap operas, but it feels very soap opera to me in a way mm-hmm. that is not like compelling. It's much more interesting if all of that emotional weight and all of that movement is happening like with the line mm-hmm. uh, in, and it's a little less melodramatic. So I think that that yes, friends, there's that's another point where I would really want to dig in and think like, OK. What is Harden trying to get out of that moment? He's agreeing and then he's repeating friends and I don't know what the answer is right now. Like, that's an interesting line and that's one that I I'm I'm. I'm curious to know what you think is like, going on there, Dylan. I, I think the most obvious choice, and therefore the one that you can play with, but I, I think there's two ways you can play it, and mm-hmm. I think both ways are valid and both can be done simultaneously. But the, the first one, the surface level one, is this is where he's being Jedi mind-tricked. Um, he is being psychically compelled to calm down. And so, yes, friends, is kind of him letting that energy out and being like, yeah, we're friends. Like, this is me establishing to the audience that I have been Jedi mind trick. Um, which is cool, but there's not a whole lot of drama in that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's also him summoning the effort to go along with Sydney. I think that's the more interesting choice of, like, Sydney just snapped at me. He is now compelling me to agree with him. And now I have to make the choice of, do I fight this? 
do I fight this attempt at controlling me or do I accept it and go go along with it, you know? Yeah. The 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 revelation that there is actually like a Jedi mind trick mind control thing makes that last line I have of do not compel me so yeah. make much more sense because I did not know what that yeah. was about on like, that first read. I, I definitely knew I'd be kind of throwing you under the bus a little bit, but I was like, no, All that's right, fine. We'll, do, we'll do a cold read and then I'll fill yeah. him in afterwards. And I mean, that's the thing is like, mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing that I see all the time in like the, the casting calls that I'm coming across online. Right. Is you'll have this line that like, you don't have all the context. You have lines in a vacuum, and you have to make the most interesting choice you can. And it's not about guessing correctly what the author wants that to be. It's about making a choice and, and delivering on it. And I, I'm also really curious to see, like that that line I was just talking about the 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 point where Sydney is doing the compelling. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot to mine in there. There's all this repetition. Yes. I'm telling you all is well. Trust me, Harden. All is well. That's a good point. We are friends. Give me your trust, friend. There's, like, anytime there's repetition in a script, that's an opportunity to, like, play around with it and give some different inflections each time and to give different weight each time. And I'm... I'm that's a cool line. Like, that's, that's the kind of line that gets me excited to, like... Hey, <laughs> hammer out like five takes in a row yeah no i feel that um i think it's definitely yeah the, the repetition of it and then even after he's done jedi mind tricking harden he he still says at the end uh during his exit worry not friend use sigils to lock all you can um and shoot another thing i forgot to mention <laughs> uh <laughs> is um on this Okay, well, it's kind of implied in text, but to make it explicit, um, as Harden says, what will you do? Or I think it's actually, take the Inquisitor with you and go ahead. He's on his way out, like he's, he's walking off stage, um, and stops when Harden calls out, what will you do? And then um, he doesn't truly leave until midway through Harden's final line. Uh, so the never again Sydney is him calling after him. Okay, interesting. Uh, do we have enough that we want to give it another read? Yeah, let's give it another read and then see what else we can dig out of it after that. Okay, yeah, absolutely. They have formed into three groups. They are wounded, and increasingly wary of being split apart. They seem less focused than our visitors last night. The soldiers last night were trained elites. These latecomers are mere sellswords. Guildenstern doubtlessly wished to catch us in the Greylands. Yet we prove too cunning a quarry. It is a hollow victory. Our losses are greater than the blades. And they have cut our puppet strings and turned them against us. They will soon hold the surface. We are lost. We have sacrificed much. Yet it need not be in vain, need it, Harden? How can they control our servants? How? Not all of them can, only a few. Yet we are the masters, are we not? Have we been betrayed by one of our own? I think not. The Cardinal has prepared long for this. Twenty years watching, waiting. Think! They struck us just as we were moving on the Duke. They knew our plans, Sidney. Temper, Harden. You must learn control. We are lost, Sidney. Lost. We must leave now or we'll be warming our toes in hell. I said control yourself. I am telling you, all is well. Trust me, Harden. All is well.
we are friends, you and I. Is that not so, Harden? Give me your trust, friend. Yes. Friends. Take the Inquisitor with you and go ahead. Oh, and don't be too rough. What will you do? Just going to pay a visit on Guildenstern. Worry not, friend. Use sigils to lock all you can. It will cost our guest valuable time to unbind them. Sydney, if we are friends, do not compel me so. Never again, Sydney. I really like that emphasis on friends at the end. Look yeah. at us. Speaking of which, I want to hear the ne the next time we do this, and 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 I want to do some more discussing before we jump right back into it. Yeah, absolutely. But I just want to mention this real quick. I want to hear your most shit-eating grin in your voice when you say "worry not, friend." Worry not, friend. Okay. I feel me... like that's a moment for like maximum smarminess. <laughs> Let me uh, take a look at. Okay, yes, yes. That that very last. The one. very last. Okay. Like I feel like that. I just I. I don't know why, and like, you know, this is just me throwing out an idea. Maybe this won't be anything, but I, I, I want to hear like a smirk in your voice on that one. Okay. I feel like that would be really cool. I can I'm also curious, because here, here's a, a pitfall that is very easy to fall into and that we were both doing a lot in here. Mm -hmm. uh, exclamation points do not have to mean louder. <laughs> uh, and I think oftentimes they do, because, you know, you put an exclamation point in if you want someone to yell. That's just kind of how uh, yeah. punctuation works. It also means intensity, which I think we exactly. also play and, here. And so I, I'm wondering, just because of the nature of uh, Sydney going into that, like, Jedi mind trick place on the line, I said control yourself. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's a way to hit that intensity without the volume, because... Oh, I can absolutely do that. Let's fucking yeah, cause go. Like, yeah, because like to me, the idea of a mind control power goes does not go hand in hand with like, and now I am yelling in your face. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if there's like I I don't know. It, again, this is the kind of line that I would definitely, if this was an audition, I would be knocking out like five or six takes of right in a row just to like play with it. Right. But I wonder if there's room for like a really quick decrescendo in there. Like it starts out in a really high, like high key place, and then it it goes down in volume as it ratchets up in like intent, for lack of a better word, through that four words I said. Control yourself. Like I, I'm not even sure exactly what I mean when I'm saying that out loud. Like this is a bad direction, but like <laughs> I don't know. I'm hearing like a take of like I said. Control yourself. Like like going for like starting at a point of like. You're interrupting and you're angry, and like as that just four words goes on, it goes from I am yelling at you to I am speaking to your hind brain. Okay, I will I will give that a try this time because yeah. I was gonna hiss it, but ooh, that could be really cool. Yeah, that could also I, be really cool. I, I I like I like the idea you have, and I think I know how to do it. Um, so I will use some of the method acting that I have learned. Um, yeah. The the good kind. Don't worry, I won't. <laughs> I'm a cult let me go leader. mind a control leader. a man, and yes, I'll be uh, right back. I'll be right back. No, uh, I'll I'll I can break That's down good, what the I mean uh, the, the Kanistani method. Yes, yes. Um, I'm I'm going to be embodying some objectives. Um, yeah. as my teacher would say. Uh, so yeah, let's um. I'm trying to think what else what else in here jumped okay. out. Did any other moments jump out at you? 
the crescendo is definitely between the two lines we are lost sydney lost and i said control yourself yeah um, it's it's interesting like the the whole scene is kind of crescendo like yeah that first line that first two lines is like like is it harden is sort of scrying and reporting in sydney's kind of smarming on it that first line of sydney's feels very like mm, they tried but we're too clever for them <laughs> yes absolutely um and then from there every line is like harden getting more and more heated and sydney like trying to talk him down but not being able to until it comes to a head on that mm-hmm. i said control yourself so actually here here's a question i'll ask before we read yeah the the first two lines are like very quick like here is the scene. Um, and then Harden really kind of begins the conflict here with his uh, it is a hollow victory. Yeah. What what do you think is um Harden's objective for the scene? Like, okay, so we obviously know what his objective is. Let me um I guess like what do you think he wants Sydney to do with this starting line? I think I think he just wants to, like the the clue to me is that you know, we don't get an M dash, like again, speaking on punctuation, we don't get an M dash at the end of Sydney's line. It's not like, it's not punctuated like it's intended as an interruption, but it feels right. like an interruption. Because um, Sydney's, the last part of Sydney's line there is, yeah, we proved too cunning a quarry. It's very self-congratulatory. It's very like, yes. yeah, sure, it didn't go all according to plan, but we're still on top. And Harden comes in with, it is a hollow victory. I think the read that I have is that Harden doesn't think Sydney is taking this seriously. Harden doesn't think Sydney is, Which is giving fair. the situation they're in like a realistic assessment. Which is fair because he's absolutely not. Um, yeah. I, and I think that Harden wants Sydney to I think Harden thinks Sydney knows something that he's not letting on. Okay. I think Harden wants Sydney to be upfront with him because I don't think Harden believes that that is the case right now. That's fair. Um, that's definitely the case. Uh, so, like I said earlier, Sydney's actually looking for a replacement for him to not get too deep into the lore of Vagrant Story. Uh, being the leader of this cult is actually what is grounding him and his father to, uh, the Earth. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's like a blood pact <laughs> type of deal. Okay. Um, and so, if Sydney can find a replacement, that means that him and his father can pass on to the afterlife, which is a good thing because the Duke is actively decaying as he lives right now. Um, he is, like, he is terribly ill. His body's going through some really heinous shit right now. Um, and he just wants to let his father move on. Um, gotcha. And so what he's actually looking for is, by the end of the game, you learn this, uh, the main character, Ashley Riot, um, Sydney passes his powers on to him, and most of the game has been a test to ascertain uh, Ashley's moral character and seeing if he would be a fitting, a fitting successor for him. Which is okay. not imp- is not important to the context of this scene, but um, as Harden is getting scared that uh, they're closing in, Sydney is kind of expressing faith in his new candidate, okay. but he can't. But he can't let Harden know that. Gotcha. Very cool. All right. So yeah, I think that the I'm gonna I'm gonna do some playing around with some different uh deliveries in that crescendo moment, that whole crescendo, like the first half of the scene, because I think that's okay. where 
Like that's all the momentum. All the momentum of the scene is yeah. there, and then it hits that point that we've kind of talked about with the moment of mind control. What is what is it that pushes Sydney to use this power there? My read of the character is that Sydney is, you know, he's aware that everybody's closing in, and to a certain extent, that is his plan, but it also he can't execute his plan if his second in command is currently losing his shit. Um, he has faith in Harden's abilities, but Harden doesn't have faith in his abilities or in his judgment. And so if Sidney does not regain control of the situation right now, his plan really will go to shit and all actually will be lost. Okay. Gotcha. All right. You want to do one more, uh, one more go around the bend? Yeah, let's do that. They have formed into three groups. They are wounded and increasingly wary of being split apart. They seem less focused than our visitors last night. The soldiers last night were trained elites. These latecomers are mere sellswords. Guildenstern doubtlessly wished to catch us in the Greylands. Yet, we proved too cunning a quarry. It is a hollow victory. Our losses are greater than the blades. And they have cut our puppet's strings and turned them against us. They will soon hold the surface. We are lost. We have sacrificed much. Yet it need not be in vain, need it, Harden? How can they control our servants? How? Not all of them can, only a few. Yet we are the masters, are we not? Have we been betrayed by one of our own? I think not. The Cardinal has prepared long for this. Twenty years watching. Waiting. Think! They struck us just as we were moving on the Duke. They knew our plans, Sidney. Temper, Harden. You must learn control. We are lost, Sidney. Lost. We must leave now, or we'll be warming our toes in hell. I said control yourself. I am telling you, all is well. Trust me, Harden. All is well. We are friends, you and I. Is that not so, Harden? Give me your trust, friend. Yes. Friends. Take the Inquisitor with you and go ahead. Oh, and don't be too rough. What will you do? Just going to pay a visit on Guildenstern. Worry not, friend. Use sigils to lock all you can. It will cost our guests valuable time to unbind them. Sydney, if we are friends, do not compel me so. Never again, Sydney. I think we're cooking with gas now. I think that scene got to a really cool place. So, any any closing thoughts? I feel like that's a pretty good place to kind of leave it and and, and turn this back to you, the audience. But any closing mm-hmm. thoughts on uh, on that read, Dylan? Let me think. Um, I wasn't sure where I was going to go with I said control yourself, but I was really happy where that ended up. I like up. where it landed. That felt yeah. really cool. Um, something you, I've been... you captured what I was hearing in my head and as I rambled <laughs> about it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so uh, something that I learned uh, while studying method acting uh, with my current teacher is um, you want to basically visualize the relationship between your character and the character you're talking to, equate it to a relationship in your real life, and then I've, I've learned these motions called embodied objectives, and they're basically gestures that you do to that. It, it's basically an energy that you give to a line read. Um, and it's something that, as you work on it, it becomes second nature and you don't think about it anymore. So, 
in my head, I was just reading the line, but I gave it an embodied objective, which is penetration. I am, as I'm saying this line, I am trying to penetrate whatever obstacle you are giving me. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and so I wasn't thinking about how I was going to read it. I was thinking about the embodied objective I was using as I was talking to you and just saying the line. So um, that was me, like, that was uh, the first time I, like, actually, like, tried that in this read, and I'm glad it paid off as well as it did, because yeah, I was like... Yeah, that felt really cool. Yeah, as, as you were kind of giving me the, not the direction, but, like, the, you know, the, the way you wanted to hear it read, I was able to kind of be like, all right, so what is Chris actually telling me to do? He's telling me to, to penetrate. Turn your turn your gutter brains off, audience. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. Um, I, Chris was telling Dylan to penetrate. <laughs> I'm cutting that from the episode, but no, I need no, to record that's that. the episode title. What are you talking about? <laughs> Chris is telling Dylan to penetrate. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you're right. It's too funny to cut from the episode now. Fuck. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, uh-huh. what you just said gets to kind of one of the key things you need to be able to do as an actor. Yeah. Not every direct, like, there are so many different schools of acting and direction and storytelling and theater making and filmmaking and all of these things. You're going to work with directors that have a different vocabulary than you. You're going to work mm-hmm. with directors who ask you things in terms that maybe you're not familiar with or in terms that you have worked with and not found helpful to your process before. Right. And being able to listen to what they are saying and process it and put it into the framework of how you do your work, how you create your characters is, I would say one of the most important skills you can develop as an actor. Like I said out loud, I was like, I'm, I'm not giving good direction (laughs) with what I'm cause like, I wasn't even sure exactly what I meant. Right. Uh, I was still kind of thinking through it in my head and, 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 stream of consciousing it here because I'm trying to be entertaining on a podcast. Uh, but Dylan took that and plugged it into a system that he works with and got a result out yeah. of it. And that's if, if you want to be a good actor, being able to listen and process what it is that they are, what that a director is asking you to do and make something out of it. And it might not be what they had in mind. Like again, People have different vocabularies. People approach this craft in different ways. People aren't always going to express what they want as clearly as maybe they they wish they did. But as long as the director can tell that you are thinking about what they are saying and changing based on it, even if you're off the mark, they will know like, okay, well, let's try putting it in a different right like context. Let's we we got you in this direction. Now we need to go in this yeah. direction as the director does. Yeah, and th- that is. That is what is meant by being able to take direction. It doesn't necessarily mean you're right all the time. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you like read their mind and do exactly what they want you to. It just means that you listen and you you apply your skill set to their direction and get something different out of it because then they can always try again. If you just do the same thing again, that's when they're going to start getting frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Um and that can be on part of like, no, this line read was perfect because this is what I had in my mind. And I think this is, you know, that that kind of obstinance. But then there's also like, you know, maybe you just you don't know what to do with that direction. Yeah. Um, and I think I think the skill that I've been learning is 
being able to take the intensity of the scene or the um the idea of what your understanding of the scene is and being able to make it malleable to whatever direction is being given to you. Yeah. A, a great piece of, of advice I got recently in a, a class I had taken is just the idea that no choices you make are precious. Right. They're Absolutely. just a choice. And maybe there'll be a great choice that really lands well and really fits the scene, and maybe they will be an okay choice that the director thinks can be better, and maybe it'll be a wild card that does not come out of your mouth at all the way that you thought it was going to. <laughs> and all of those are okay. Right. I think the most the, important thing to acting um, is, you know, uh, to quote Bruce Lee, you got to be like water. You have to. Exactly. Yeah, you, you have to kind of, you have to be able to think on the fly, but I, I think it goes deeper than that. You need to, you need to know how to stay afloat as you are being carried by the stream. Yeah, you need, it's, it's all about being able to make a choice quickly, whether that's off the cuff for a cold read or based on the direction that you're getting from a director. And if it lands, awesome. And if it doesn't, you just need to be ready with another option. Yeah. And again, the, the, the thing that really got me is that idea of like, none of them are precious. All of them are disposable. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're bad. Doesn't mean you won't, you know, maybe you'll do eight takes and all of them will be good in different ways. And that's awesome. But the key being not to get attached to your first impression or what you think is like the right way a scene is going to go. Because when you get in the room with the other people, they're all going to have their way they think the scene can go. And where the magic happens is when all of those different ideas in the room come together and something new comes out of it. Mm hmm. Like what I feel like that happened a couple times in this in this process. Yeah. So I'm yeah, really I'm really glad I suggested this because um, yeah, I had a, a lot fun of fun little, with a this. fun little workshop moment. Yeah. Um I you know, audience members, please let us know what you think. Cause I, I really enjoyed this and I would love for I don't know, Chris to send me something and we can yeah. workshop that. This, and- this is even the kind of thing that it would be cool maybe if we can get uh a guest or two on to do just kind of like a t- a, a little quick table read that would workshop be awesome. type thing. Yeah. I'd be, I would be down for that. But yeah, let us know uh, what you think about that. Let us know if this is the kind of thing that you'd like to hear more of, because this was a fun little diversion. Um, and yeah, I'd, I really miss being able to like do this kind of stuff, because so much of the work I've been doing, especially in the last year and a half with pan- the pandemic, has been remote recording, mm-hmm. solo recording. I've gotten to do a couple like live zoomed, live directed recordings over Zoom, which have been a joy. It's so nice to have other people there while you're doing the work that you do. Uh, and so getting to do something like this was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad that you had this idea, Dylan, because this was... Hey, do you want to just do stuff like this like on our own, not for content? Yeah, dude. Fucking all the time. Fuck, Come fuck on. Yeah. Why right. do you think we play Monster Prom all the time? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, let us know what you think. Dylan will tell you about our social media here in just a second. But until then, I hope you enjoyed this little... Uh, behind the scenes workshop this is like this is the this is the work whether sometimes you're doing it by yourself just reading in your head and other times you get to be lucky and and do it with a scene partner and Mm -hmm. when you're really lucky you're doing it on set or in the booth for real with a director uh but this is the work it's just trying it and seeing what worked and what didn't and trying it again and doing a different spin on it and i i love it so much (laughs) so i hope that you enjoyed listening to us do it This has been Backstage Gaming. Shall we do the credits, Dylan? Yeah, let's do it.
Let's do the credits. I hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. If you did, leave a rating review on iTunes. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, tell your dog. Do they make podcatchers for dogs yet? If not, let's get on that. I bet dogs would love to have something to listen to while they're out being dogs. Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on the Apple Podcast Service, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, your podcatcher of choice. Uh, and if you want to know more about us, you can check out our website, bsgpod.com. It's got info about the show. It's got a contact form if you want to reach out to us directly. It's got all that good stuff. Hey, Dylan, what about social media? Where can they find us there? Yeah, you should hit us up on social media. And if you do, go on Twitter, where our handle is at bsg underscore cast, or um, on Facebook. And also, if you dig the stuff we're talking about, want to give us some feedback, like we were saying earlier, we recommend you use that hashtag bsgpod. And if you don't, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll be very disappointed with you. Uh, maybe I'll just be a little sad because I, I say it every episode and no one does it. No. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> huge thanks to our friend Brendan French for the key art he has provided our show. If you dig his stuff, I highly recommend you should check him out on his Squarespace at brennan-french.squarespace.com. That is spelled B-R-E-N-N-E-N-French.squarespace.com. You can also find them on Instagram.com slash Brennan French Arts or at, on Twitter at Brennan underscore French. You should also go check out our friend BioQuery. He's the musician behind our theme song, Dot Sound Radio, Volume 1, Instrumentality. He's a great electronica composer and producer, and you can find all of his music by going to SoundCloud.com slash BioQuery. That's SoundCloud.com slash B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y. Or by searching for BioQuery on Spotify. Thanks, as always, to our patrons over at patreon.com slash bsgpod. It's thanks to you that we are not losing money on this weird show, and it means the world to us that you support us in that way. If you like the show and you want to support it in the most direct way possible, patreon.com slash bsgpod is a great way to do that. And thank you again, as always, to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. It's a great network full of podcasts about video games. If you like our show, you're sure to like some of theirs. They cover everything from fandom to news to the actual... Uh, game development industry and if you like our show like i said you'll sure to like a few of theirs go check them out you can find all of them being retweeted on twitter over at hpvg pod network uh i think that does it for our usual dotting the i's and crossing the t's so anything else for the good of the order dylan no i think i'm good I've slowly become an old British walrus i hope that you all have a capital fortnight and we'll be back with you shortly i bid Bye. you all a shiver goodbye <laughs> what's wrong with us a lot dude come on now